Welcome to Thriving in Midlife Podcast, where we are learning to rise and live beyond mediocre. For women in their 40s and 50s, join this community to become the best version of yourself. I'm Cheryl Esch, the creator of this podcast, with the desire to see all women in their 40s and 50s live to their fullest potential. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back, my friends. Well, it is June 1st here in the U.S., and we just finished celebrating Memorial Day this past Monday. And I don't know about you, but when I get to a new month, there's just something about turning that page, seeing that clean new month to almost start over or to reevaluate. Um, and being that it is most people consider summer, uh, even though officially the summer solstice doesn't happen till June 21st, most of us equate Memorial Day weekend as sort of that beginning, that kickoff to summer. And what do most people think about in the summer? Well, they think about what their bodies might look like in summer clothes, whether it's um, strapless sort of or spaghetti strap sundresses or shorts or even if you are brave enough to get into a swimsuit this summer (laughs) as a midlife woman um, I had to get in a swimsuit over the weekend um, but uh, I was fine I felt okay not the best that I have felt in a swimsuit but um, so certainly um, people might be thinking along the lines of like re-upping maybe their fitness routines, you know, maybe getting back into a routine because I don't know, but May seemed to have been a busy, busy month for a lot of people, especially if you have kids still in school, um, particularly high school, um, you got graduations going on, you have end of school sports or events or award ceremonies and super busy probably in the month of May. So Maybe your um, exercise routine suffered uh, during that time. And maybe now that school is over or almost over, you feel like you can spend a little more time on yourself. So today I thought I would share my story about my Pilates journey. Yes. And, you know, I've been doing this, what, a year, a little over a year or so. And I, I eat, breathe, and sleep Pilates, basically. I, I think about routines in my head because that is what I do. I, I teach Pilates. It's now kind of a full-time thing for me. It's always been a part of my life as far as when I started teaching. Um, whether I had a full-time job, I always kept up with either my Pilates practice on my own, taking classes or teaching them. And so I feel a very strong conviction as to the benefits of Pilates. But let me tell you folks, in case you have not heard of it, which I believe most of us have by this point, is what is Pilates and where did it come from? So Pilates was actually developed by a German gentleman by the name of Joseph Pilates. It is spelled similar to Pontius Pilate, but it's not. It's pronounced Pilates. And um, he 
had developed this sort of routine, but he, he has a lot of background in physical fitness. Um, you know, he did boxing, he taught self-defense, he even dabbled in maybe some yoga a little bit, because you'll see some of those elements maybe in in some of the exercises. Um, but he also suffered from health ailments um, as a child. He had asthma, rickets, and rheumatic fever. And so really in an effort to restore his health, he did some studying on anatomy and he did just kind of this fitness thing. Um, and like I said, he did study yoga and martial arts and blended them um, into, he did some gymnastics. And so he kind of blended all that into what he developed as Pilates. Joseph Pilates developed this um, routine or this exercise out of some unfortunate circumstances. Um, when Britain entered World War One, his German citizenship um, kind of led him to be imprisoned. Um, but despite uh, he was teaching these people that he was in, in prison with some of these exercises. Um, and later he acted as a sort of a nurse physiotherapist um, for the British. Um, and he used people that were bedridden, that were injured and, and kind of used this resistance of the springs to rehabilitate. So you kind of see if you've ever seen a machine that he developed called the Cadillac it does remind you of the old style um, hospital beds with all the rails and like if someone has a cast their leg is hanging so he utilized that apparatus and developed a lot of exercise um, based on that and these people you know they survived they got healthy Joseph did return to Germany after the war and he actually was training police officers um, but he was also pressured to train the new German army. And that's when Joseph Pilates decided to leave. And he immigrated to New York. Um, from, there's a controversy on the actual date. Uh, some places say 1926. He arrived in New York City on a boat. And on that boat, he met his future wife, Clara, who was a nurse. And they opened a studio and began to teach his method, which back then he actually called Contrology. And unfortunately, that didn't stick. And it ended up being Pilates based off his name. Um, they taught this mostly to a lot of dancers who maybe um, had been injured, and some actors. And but it has spread folks to the masses now. So we'll talk a little bit about um, how it became accessible to many of us, it started as being, uh, as it as it developed, um, there were elders that Joseph Pilates and Clara trained that went on to open their own studios. I won't get into that whole lineage and, and history, but it is exciting to me because I've taught a lot of Pilates classes at universities in which I get to share kind of that whole history, which really is interesting to see that family tree kind of idea. Um, but anyways, um, he, first of all, uh, he used those machines and, you know, you couldn't exactly take those machines. They're not transportable. So that's, that's how he developed he, this mat work, um, which may have been really where um, a lot of us got introduced in the early stages 
of Pilates work. It was through the mat because, you know, getting and taking equipment classes in a studio was really expensive. Okay, and it was really reserved for more of the elite people as as this idea grew. Um, however, there was a gentleman, uh, Sean Gallagher, who after Joseph Pilates passed away, after Clara passed away, and uh, he wanted to um, maintain the name and copyright Joseph Pilates, the Pilates exercise name. And therefore, anybody that would use the name was to pay him royalties um, on that name. Um, luckily, I remember this very distinctly because I was working on my master's thesis at the time. And I was looking at various somatic practices, and Pilates was one of them that I was looking at and studying. And really, right as um, my thesis was finished, is when it was in 2001 that the courts overturned um, this whole um, copyright lawsuit thing that Sean Gallagher had brought forward. And so right after that, it was early 2001, I want to say maybe March, I can't remember the exact month, um, we were free, people were free to now use that name freely. And I'll give you an example. So I've been teaching Pilates, mat work. Um, let's see, I first got introduced to it when I started my graduate work at the University of Illinois. And there was a professor there that taught classic Pilates mat work and it was an eye-opener for me because I thought I was really strong and I couldn't do teaser anyways got introduced to the classic form of Pilates and that was in the fall of 97 and then um, eventually I got married had a kid but right after I had my son David who is almost 23 now so that tells you I've been teaching mat work for about 23 years now I began to teach at a, a fitness health club just across from where we lived across the street and we could not call it Pilates at that time so this was in um, 99 we actually called it core stretch or something along those lines I can't exactly remember but it was essentially mat Pilates. We could not call it that though because of the legalities that were still underway. So um, I was relieved to hear when it got overturned in 2001 because then I moved to Pittsburgh and we I began teaching at another health club um, where I was allowed to actually call it that. So we I taught mat Pilates there. And so, and then in, in graduate school, I was the second, when I went to Ohio State, I transferred to Ohio State. Um, when I got to graduate school, there was a woman there who we did an exchange of services. She actually had a Cadillac, or actually it was, um, it was actually a tower version and reformer kind of thing set up uh, in her apartment. And so she offered to give me some free lessons on the machines in exchange for me sewing her costumes which was great because then I got introduced to the equipment the reformer the tower and the Cadillac and so I was even more impressed with the practice of Pilates because 
it showed me at that point, again, I'm a strong dancer. I've been dancing for years, felt the best in probably in my whole life, you know, just strength wise. And still, I struggled doing an assisted roll up. And if you don't know Pilates, the roll up is really hard. And I realized, oh my goodness, I need this. Um, obviously couldn't afford it as a graduate student. Um, but then um, we moved again and I was able to connect later in Ohio with, you know, some people that did it. And so I started doing reformer and other equipment, uh, mostly reformer Pilates and got really excited and started my training to become certified mostly in the reformer and I went through that um, for years Um, and so technically I've been teaching reformer roughly where are we now Uh, I don't know about 12 12 years I started it before that but was just more um, filling my hours doing my training, you know, doing my workshops and stuff like that to get me, um, you know, trained up to be able to be a, a good teacher, a certified teacher in equipment. And I finally did after several years, it took a while, um, because the process of becoming a fully certified comprehensive Pilates instructor, which includes all of the equipment, um, for me, uh, took years due to, you know, it was expensive and I had small children and time away and it just, um, I just had to take it slow. And even though throughout that I was, I had begun teaching, which was a great way to even learn more and to be involved in that. But for me personally, yes, Pilates has always been, um, part of my practice as a dancer. But I got really excited as I started to notice after 2001 that it was becoming more prevalent. I was seeing more of it being offered, whether it was in health clubs or fitness studios or um, at the Y or wherever. And that was mat work, of course. And then I started noticing, even many years later, the equipment part of it becoming more accessible to the masses and that would include you know other studios just opening up uh, making it some studios making it affordable um, for people to do this on a regular basis and so as I have aged and I've moved away from some of that higher intensity um, joint pounding types of exercise I noticed more of the need for me personally to maintain my Pilates practice. And so it has helped me personally keep that core strength, which is not just your abdominals, it's your pelvis, your back and your shoulders, especially shoulders, keeping those shoulders um, strong and stable. um, And then also working on you know, hip mobility and all that great stuff and finding that balance, muscular balance, because I've, Pilates has shown me where I'm weak 
and where I'm strong and where those imbalances are. And it's important for us physically to find the the balance because when we're out of balance, whether it's um, one side stronger than the other or vice versa, that's when problems can happen, right? Or when you're having uh, maybe your anterior muscles, it's the muscles in the front of your body are stronger than your posterior muscles. Then again, you're working in an imbalanced musculature of your body causing maybe um, tight hamstrings or lower back issues or whatever might be um, your reasoning or cause for um, that imbalance. So Pilates helps to work all of that out. Um, we work full body. We work in many planes of the body so that you're working your torso, not just in flexion, which we find ourselves in most of the day, but also we work extension, meaning we're working those back muscles to help with that posture, to help prevent those rounded and rolled shoulders that we're seeing so much of, not just at our age, but especially in the younger generation. Now, granted, many of my clients and people that take are probably 40s, 50s, 60s would be about the range. We do have some that are in their 70s that are still moving. They they swear by Pilates because it keeps them moving. It keeps them young. It helps movement for anybody with arthritis, especially, or anyone with any kind of maybe joint issues. You want to keep yourself moving, but it's, it's non-impact. And so it's gentle, but it's effective. Um, we work our bodies in Pilates, not just front and back, but we also work the side body. We work rotation, which is also important um, to help strengthen and even stretch the body in those different planes. Um, so obviously, I'm a huge advocate of Pilates. I now see men doing it, which is even more exciting. It was a rarity. Um, when I first started. Um, but I, I believe that having these athletes and sports figures start to do it and realize the benefit for them in kind of rounding out their athletic program and helping them with prevention of injury, um, I think having the, having the society see that um, has demonstrated that, oh, okay, I see a football player doing it. I uh, I guess it's it's okay for me to do it. Or, yeah, I won't get judged now for doing this, what might have been considered a kind of a woman's exercise uh, program. So there are benefits. I have many doctors that when someone has had a, whether they've had a knee replacement or they have, joint issues and they've gone to them they've gone to an orthopedic or maybe their regular doctor usually after they've done rehab and you'll find there's some similarities of course in what they do in rehab and what you might find in a Pilates class because insurance will only cover so much rehab doctors will then recommend to that patient go take Pilates um, or they might send them there to maybe help prevent or to um, push out a potential surgery. You know, maybe maybe we can get a little longer uh, before we have to actually operate. And so I have many clients that have come to Pilates 
um, by that method, whether it was through rehab. Uh, we do have many Pilates instructors that have that background. They are maybe ex-physical therapists, or maybe they still do that, and they kind of mix that in with their uh, clients when they work with them. So Pilates has so many benefits. Um, it will certainly strengthen your core, your center of your body, which is really how we're supposed to move. We're supposed to move from the center of our body, not just through our limbs. And so finding that that connection. And Pilates is considered a body-mind exercise um, practice. And so it's not just about the physical exercises that are beneficial. There's a mental component. And I will, I will tell you folks, when we came back from COVID and our studios reopened, I had so many, you know, members and clients say this was their mental therapy and it's cheaper, cheaper than going to a a psychiatrist. So we all need that. We need that time. And it's also important that we're taking care of ourselves. And this could be one way that you can do that by maybe implementing some Pilates into your regular fitness program if you have one it will help round things out if you even if you don't have a current program or what no activity maybe you're sedentary we have many different types of people that come in every walk of life every body type I have seen walk through that door and everyone has walked out feeling better after a session So I want to encourage you, if you've never tried Pilates, many places will give you your first class for free. And I'm going to end with some of um, some quotes by Joseph Pilates. As I mentioned earlier, um, Joseph Pilates says, Pilates is the complete coordination of body, mind, and spirit. So I just mentioned how um, people saw it not just as a positive for them physically, but a positive for them mentally and even spiritually. Um, so it's a whole body um, attitude um, with the movement, with the breathing, working your spinal stabilization while simultaneously moving your arms and legs. And you have to connect that with your brain, right? Um, Joseph Pilates also is known for saying the following, and this is so true. We've had people testify of this. And as long as you're consistent, I may need to say that caveat, okay? So in 10 sessions, you'll feel the difference, which is true, as long as you're consistent. And in 20 sessions, you will see the difference. And in 30 sessions, you'll have a whole new body. And that's if you are being dedicated and going uh, three to four times a week, okay? So I encourage you, try it out, even if you can only do mat work, whether it's through videos or you find a health club that you belong to that does offer that, then you need to try it out. You need to try to see if that quote is is accurate. And I've had many people say it is that Joseph Plotty was, was right. Um, stay tuned for my uh, next episode My goal is to, I'm working on getting some personal testimonies from clients that have 
done Pilates and how it has changed their life. And so I hope you will listen to that next one. So let's all rise together and thrive. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. And I hope that if you are not a current subscriber, that you will subscribe. As you can find me anywhere on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Overcast. And I'm also on Instagram under Thriving in Midlife, all one word. So please share this with your friends. Leave a review or any comments. And don't forget to rise above and thrive.